The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here on Analyze This, and uh, uh, we got the, the big shots from the Department of Labor uh, just worked their way into the studio. So, Mr. Grant, I pull up the... Um, yeah. I pull up the story. Uh, I'll, I'll research that and, and circle back to that to that topic um, at a later point this week. All right? Yeah. So uh, all I was saying was I, I didn't recall hearing anything well, in the state of the territory, which I didn't hear the entirety of it. But uh, even heard the governor on several talk programs uh, uh, just recently, and and no mention of the urgency. Of this matter, you well, 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 I, I, we, we got, we got the story. I, I got the story. I, I pulled it up. Um, it came out in October, late October of last year. There's a Washington Post story there as well. So, let me look that over, um, and uh, and and circle back to that uh, topic later this week because I got some guests from the the, the Virgin Islands Department of Labor here in in the studio right now. Okay, so thank you very much. All right. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy it. You got it. You got it. That's Mr. Devin Grant and uh, Councilor Gary Malloy and. Gary Malloy and Darby Child just walking in the, the studio. So, you know, um, you know how it is when, when the big shots from Department yes. of Labor. Tapia Tap, Tap, and Darby there in the studio now, so we go. Oh, that's a good thing. So, Talk so, to so them, you know, yeah, thanks, thanks for the contribution. We'll okay, get back no together maybe Thursday. Thursday, I'm going to let you know tomorrow. Yeah. We should get back I'll on Thursday. Because I'm going to look over. I don't pull up the, the stories for the Whistling Key swap mm-hmm. and, and this... Um, this findings uh, with the refinery, uh-huh. and both of them, both of them are from late last year. So we're gonna look. Yeah. I'm gonna send them to you, and then we could we could break them down later this week. Okay. All right. Good. What, one thing before I go, um, I know Shana Richards is listening to the show, and I can hear the sound of her running down the hallway with a bill request for that suggestion that I gave earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you're, t- you're talking about the, the new zoning, the new zoning designation yes, yes, for yes, the yes, government, yes. right? Yeah, man, yes, I like that. Yeah, the president got run with it. No, I like I like that one. I like that one. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. You got it. That's uh, Attorney Dwayne Henry Wheeler. Got a little bush tea talk. Uh, during the week, maybe multiple occasions. And we had uh, the two topics. By the way, uh, good morning, uh, Commissioner uh, Malloy and what's it? PR. What was it? PIO. PIO Martinez. Put <laughs> on the headphones there. Uh, Commissioner, glad to have you back in the studio, man. Good morning. Good morning. Never always a, a pleasure. Good morning, Virgin Islands. Always a pleasure to be here to share information about the Department of Labor and to be and analyze this. That's uh, Gary Malloy, of course, the one and only. And Davina, what's up, man? Not a thing here, what? and happy to be here. Wow, I like that rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're going to get that from me. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, by the way, uh, Komish, uh, Mr. Devin Grant, he don't call the show um, pretty frequently. He brought up um, something that the U.S. Department of Labor had uh, spoken about in an OSHA news release with respect to the refinery and um, some 20 violations. Right. Uh, you familiar with that? Very familiar. You will tell it, well, well, since, you know, I, I want to thank Mr. Grant for, for kind of providing a precursor here. Well, um, I, these, I, these findings um, from the Department of Labor, the, this was a November 30th press release, and they said uh, they found a number of different things and the, the proposed penalties um, in excess of 259000 259407 to be exact. And, of course, the, the refinery has the ability to respond. So give us a little uh, chronology over November 30th. Today is January 31st, uh, 60 days. 
Well, yes, and I'll and I'll I'll, I'll talk about what I can, and then yeah, uh, yeah I'll, gener I'll generically sure. without without violating right, right. any kind of confidence. And uh, and I just say that um, remember that under the Department of Labor, they, we have the Division of OSHA, mm -hmm. which is you know Occupational Safety and Health, mm -hmm. and within the Division of OSHA. Unfortunately, we are only regulated within the public sector. Okay. So we, we manage the, the government yeah. buildings, the semi-autonomous. The private sector is still handled by the region and handled through Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but we're involved, you know, Governor Bryan um, has us on a, a local emergency planning committee. And it's chaired by... Um, Director Joshi of Vitima. Yeah. So we meet very regularly. So I just want to make sure that the community knows that we're on top of all the issues as it relates to the all the violations at the refinery. I can tell you that that, that committee is regularly meeting and engaging with Port Hamilton on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that all the analysis and identification of all the chemicals have been identified and all the proper... Uh, disposal mechanisms or or all the, the things that need to be in place uh, to be able to move those chemicals are being discussed very, very clearly and extensively with, uh, uh, you got FIRE, you got DPNR, you got all the other agencies, uh, Department of Health, all the agencies are at the table uh, making sure that the Virgin Islands and St. Croix is safe and we're discussing all those issues. And I just want to say that, you know, Port Hamilton has been very forthcoming and um, in terms of a very open and candid and, and it's a very good collaboration that's being, being done there to make sure that everything is being done in accordance with the way it's supposed to be. No, no. Well, what did Port Hamilton say? Did they, did they, did they, did they agree did, uh, from a generic standpoint without getting into... Well, generically, the, the, the issues are, are real. I mean, okay. um, based on on the, the, the refinery, those chemicals have been identified and mm -hmm. they need to be removed. Okay. It needs to be cleaned up. Mm -hmm. And so everybody is in agreement on that. The, the question is how we do it. And, and it's, it's very important and making sure that we're not moving them in haste and we're not moving them in combination because, you know, each of those chemicals could have an adverse reaction. So a lot of care, time, discussions, simulations, uh, are being done in, and careful discussions in terms of how that's going to be done. So that's a how issue now, right? Not necessarily more than more than a what, because the what has already been determined with the findings, clearly defined. So now it's a how thing of, of removing them, and, how and when, and, 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 lim and, and when, and, and, and limiting and where too, right? Right. There's there's, there's, a, there's a weird uh, dynamic uh, here as well. Now let me ask this question. I'm not big on extremism, right? Because I, I think, you know, once we start to embrace the extremes and both, both ends of spectrums on any topic and, and not try to find that common area, um, then I think we're getting away from the, the greater good for the people of the Virgin Islands, right? Um, ticking time bomb, the terminologies they use and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, even if it's factual, this, cre this creates some, some, some a fear dynamic with the public. I mean, it creates uh, a uh, sense of urgency. Yeah. And, and, um, and so I, I, I totally agree. And um, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, in addition to the government agencies, there's is a collaboration. There's a lot of private agencies and entities on that.
committee as well, mm -hmm. especially those stakeholders that are close and have some relationship to uh, whether the port or whether um, you know whether the the um, they have um, response teams. So it's it's being well thought out and well planned out to ensure that all the safety precautions are in place so that when the movement of those chemicals takes place, that um, all the professionals are there. Uh, entities from uh, the mainland might have to come in because there's certain, um, well, the EPA is already here uh, uh, in the territory and make, making sure that they're holding Port Hamilton to, to everything there. And again, this committee is there in support that the committee is um, EPA is also a part of the committee, mm -hmm. and when when the advice is needed, uh, clear and candid discussions are happening because uh, it's very it's a real serious matter. No, when is your movement? This is south out to sea. That's what you're talking about. Okay, we're definitely moving inland. Well, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I want to expect So, so this would be this would be a marine movement of, well, of materials, right? Well, it all depends because the vendors that are that are in place that are the exports to move the equipment move this these chemicals have to make be a part of the discussion to determine what's the best and the quickest and safest way to be able to do okay, that. Okay, good. We we get that we get that um, that, that matter out of the way. So it's being addressed. It's being addressed and, very aggressively and comprehensively. And comprehensively. Okay, so and there are regular meetings. As a matter of fact, today Tuesday there's a there's another meeting uh, and a scenario being made sure that that all the different things are in place because again. Scenarios are being run to ensure that whatever protections are in place are in place to be able to address which chemical is being moved, when it's being moved, how it's being moved, where it's being moved to. And, uh, you know, in certain cases, you have to take consideration of the weather. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of factors that are, that are playing into this. And I just want to say that Director Joshing and the team are really, really uh, putting in the time to make sure that they do, we do everything that we can to keep the Virgin Islands safe. Okay, good. Now, before I come back to you, um, so you could speak specifically to, to you being here today, and of course, you, there's something about the last Tuesday of the month you'd like to come to this particular show, so <laughs> I don't tell you that, but, but, but um, Ms. Ms. Martinez, all these uh, emails that you'll be sending out, these press release <laughs> emails that we send out, Department of Labor, things good up there? Man, we are so busy, busy, mm -hmm. busy. Um, it has been such an exciting time. Um, just between November and January alone, we serviced about 400 um, job seekers with during our career fairs, and it has it has just been an awesome experience. Employers are excited and happy, and they're getting people that they can hire that can contribute to their um, their 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 work culture. Mm -hmm. And you know that's our goal. We're trying to get everybody hired. We're trying to get get everybody trained, and I'm trying to get all the information out there so that people know where they need to go, when they need to go there, and what they need to do in order to take benefit from what we offer. Who, do, if in fact someone's listening now and they got information, they want you to be available, uh, make make themselves avail, right? Avail you to, to to this information. How do they contact you? Oh man, there's so many ways. <laughs> to contact me. Mm -hmm. um, you can call me at the Department of Labor, 773-1994. Of course, my extension is 2109. You can reach me via cell, 2019093. Um, you can email me, davina.martinez at dol.vi.gov. Um, come and visit me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just want to say that uh, a lot of, the, I love the campaign. Uh, wait, wait, this, um, Fet done time for work. Oh mm -hmm. man, it that was, was yeah. a really, really good. Um, we did that throughout the territory, 
um, career fairs and uh, very successful on St. Croix. We did it at the um, the distillery in Sign Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in That's Saint- all them Caribbean up there for? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so we had, uh, you know, a, a lot of, we had over 200 individuals come through um, that day in, in St. Croix. And we had about um, 20 of the employers there. Uh, many were able to hire individuals on the spot. So there, there's a lot of hiring taking place um, in St. Thomas. We did it at the um, Windward Passage. Another very, very good turnout in Windward Passage. Um, and so the employers now, you know, thanks to Davina and, and what she's been able to help us get the, the word out, especially on the workforce development side, that, um, you know, the employers are very comfortable with us holding these career fairs and are, are more confident that they'll get at least an opportunity to get to, to interview and to, to see more uh, potential employees that, than they've had in the past. You want to piggyback on that? Yeah, I mean, and the great thing about it, too, is that we offer so many um, training programs. So even if you don't have an up-to-date resume or you don't have a resume at all, you can come to labor. We can help you create a resume. We can prepare you for job interviews so that when you walk into these these, um, establishments or when you come to these job fairs, you're ready to present yourself and apply for these jobs. So, you know, we're really preparing preparing people to be able to enter the workforce. Our website has been updated. And more user friendly, and uh, so it's it's very good for you to to make sure you go to www.vidol.gov. Uh, you'll get to see um, depending on what your needs are, because you you know that Department of Labor is full service. There's so many different things that we do, uh, but as it pertains to workforce development and our youth and apprenticeship programs, uh, there's a lot. We're putting a lot of emphasis on workforce development, and rightfully so. You know, Governor Bryan's initiative and, and directive to me is, listen, get this public workforce system moving, um, get the opportunities there, uh, get the training in place, uh, uh, because definitely we need to make sure that our Virgin Islanders are prepared to take advantage of the opportunities that are clearly here in the territory. What's the inflation rate in the Virgin Islands right now? Inflation rate, uh, you know, that's difficult to answer because... Mm-hmm. You had a discussion. Each island is different, mm-hmm. and I could tell you about the impo- the unemployment rate. You know, because um, if if you want, I get to that. But you I, want, I just want to look at the correlation yeah, because yeah. right now, you know, in in, um, in Saint Croix, you're looking at maybe it, it it's at a five point four percent. So um, so in Saint Thomas, Saint John, it's three point nine percent. So. Uh, so there's clearly uh, an opportunity there to show you that the workforce individuals are working. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, territory-wide, the unemployment rate is about four four point six percent. So if you think about talk about that in inflation, of course, the cost of living in the Virgin Islands that's why, is that's, that's higher. Why I asked inflation so, first, so I wanted to get so to, to, to unemployment. I, I know because the inflation, uh, it, you would know, it's a lot higher on yeah, Saint John yeah. than it is. On St. Thomas, yeah. and then St. Croix is definitely a little lower. Mm-hmm. But, but, but one of the things that drives the, the, the way um, economic activity is viewed on the mainland is the jobs report yes. every first Friday of the month or something yes. like that, yes. right? Yes. So that's the reason why I asked about <laughs> inflation because I, I wanted to circle back. So I jumped the gun on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be, 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 because, because I knew the number for unemployment was going to be a good number. Yes, you know, very th- good th- number. Those are, those are excellent numbers. 
and and Marriott, I mean Westin, ain't back online yet. I mean, the people working there, so there's there's a different type of work taking place there now to get it to where it would be when it's operational. And we're working with them because they're going to be hiring 415 locals. That's what I'm saying. So we're involved in in yeah. that process. With and the them. governor mentioned that in the state of the territory, he also mentioned work being done at Sugar Bay, Sugar Bay as well. And uh, so you're, yeah. you're looking at. The potential of of eight to nine hundred rooms coming back in the territory in in the same. Well, what about the Bay? The Batney Bay resolve that that, that development. What, what are you hearing going on down there? I mean, I got some contacts on this, but I just want to know what you hearing in terms of what they're making pub, what what they want to do, and what the public is. I I I can't tell you. I I, I know much. I have not been too much involved with that project because mm -hmm. I've been inundated with so many other things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and on, on the whole, you know, the goal is development that is going to spur lead to job creation, mm -hmm. that is going to lead to our, our residents getting more employment opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, within that vein, I, I know that, that the, the project is moving within that, that context. And then, you know, yesterday we had a, 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 a heated... I want to say heated. I just we had a, a, a solid discussion about St. John and Canil Bay. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, we, we we'll come back to that. We'll come okay. back to that. Uh, Davina, the lift program, are getting ready? Got January done. January is over, and we're actually applications are open for the spring session. Mm -hmm. So you can go online, um, www.vital.gov forward slash youth to apply. Um, and also, if you're an employer and you want to be a part of the LIFT program, you can go and apply for that as well. Okay. So, you know, you have your requirements we have to meet um, a 2.8 GPA, at least 90 credits between the ages of 18 and 25. And remember, you get an experience in your career field. So it's an awesome opportunity. The pay rate is really, really great so you don't want to miss that and also um i've been asked if you can you can participate in a program more than once and you can but you just have to go through the qualification process we go we go let me take a break on that okay. note uh, and we'll we'll be back uh right after this department of labor in the house uh commissioner gary malloy and pio yes. davina martinez we'll be back right after this Nowadays is a bit like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. 
he said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 1A is your place for daily conversation with thoughtful guests and listeners from around the country. Fridays are home to our news roundups, where we answer your questions about the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jen White. This year, we continue to celebrate your freedom to listen, weigh in, and share what you're curious about. And with your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here at Analyze. So we got the Department of Labor uh, in the house, uh, Commissioner Malloy and PIO uh, Martinez. So, you know, I asked you about inflation and, and the reason why was because um, on Friday um, the the president, I read an article on CBNC and uh, CN, CNBC okay. where um, the president was touting job growth and um, slowing inflation rates in a, in, a, in, a, in a speech that was centered around the economy and of course, you know, um, <clears throat> There was the, there's this recession, right? Right thing. There's this cloud, this recession cloud hanging over our head. Um, but there are those who believe that um, as we speak, some of the things that the president has done via legislation kind of undermining the level of recession to the extent that we don't even know if the recession is going to happen like they claim it will. Exactly. Right? So, and the Department of Labor is, is a critical part of that. The U.S. Department of Labor, and then, of course, by extension, the Virgin Islands Department of Labor. I want to quote the president, and then I want you to look at it, process it as 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 our, as our, as our labor guru. Okay. Right? I'm not sure the news could have been any better. Economic growth is up stronger than experts expected 2.9%. Biden said, referencing a report released earlier Thursday by the Commerce Department. I don't think it's unfair to say that this is all evidence that the Biden economic plan is actually working. Now, he talked to himself a whole different thing, right? So he's entitled to do that. We're not, we're not going to look at it from that perspective. You went down to say Biden spent much of the second half of 2022 asking Americans to bear with him through historically high gas prices and inflation. In previous speeches, he acknowledged the economic pain many Americans are feeling while pointing to strong economic reports that show his policies are finally taking hold. Now, you mentioned during the break, because we mentioned St. John, that's a whole unique situation there, yes, right? Yes, yes. And you, 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 you're not commissioner of St. Croix, you're commissioner of the entire Virgin Islands, so yes. you got to process all of the sentiments territory-wide. Definitely. And you were saying... The balling for a gallon of milk is a whole different ball game in St. John than in St. Thomas and St. Croix. Orange juice, yeah, orange a whole different ball game. Okay, good. And that's because of the, the realities associated with St. John. Of course, unique. It, plain ain't landing in St. John. 
Right. You see what I'm saying? Cruise ship in provisioning and going to St. John and dropping things off like they could in St. Thomas and St. Croix. These, but these are the realities that we need to educate the public as to why certain things are, how and what they are. Yeah, and the cost of doing business is a lot, lot more expensive on St. John mm-hmm. simply because, you know, most of the commodities like we talked about are barged over. Have to be by you, you ever go to St. John on the barge to go over with your vehicle, you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of the groceries, a lot of the commodities mm-hmm. that, that you that we used um, are being barged over. Um, you know, it, so it's gonna lead to a higher cost of living there on St. John. And you know, but we're we're resilient people and the St. Johnians have, have have come to, to realize that, you know, that what we're gonna do is we're gonna go on the barge with our vehicles, we're going to price smart, we're going to cost you less on St. Thomas, do their shopping, and then come back over mm-hmm. and do their planning. And so, um, you know, th- those, those things are, are, are real. And, and um, I don't see us being able to bring the cost of that down tremendously because, of, of course, the, the law of supply and demand, you know, based on the commodities that, that we all, uh, that we want. So some of the answer to that, of course, you know, locally, we're, gonna, we're focusing on trying to, to grow more of our own things, Trying to be able to make sure that that individuals that are business minded do look at the entrepreneurial route and open businesses for themselves, so that you know they can experience some of of the 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 gains, the profit and loss gains that that they would have to negotiate with suppliers and get a better understanding of that whole market. Um, but uh, you know, like as I mentioned, well, they, well, let's, let's, let's wait there. Isn't this where the Labor Department and the University of Virgin Islands are supposed to be having these discussions and collaborating um, so that we could process information and, and make sure the data is, 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 is out there so that the public is educated as to the realities that we're dealing with in the territory? Yeah, and, and my, my data arm within the Department of Labor is the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, so, uh, and I like the way you pronounce and, it, and so, data. Not, 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 not the data, this Yankee thing, yeah. the data, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's data R. Data okay? R. So just let you know, uh, St. Dunstan's... <laughs> St. Joseph? Uh, okay, so then you know. Davina, our English Davina, teachers. Tell, 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 tell. Let them know. Gain a, gain a conversation. Oh, some bread. I ain't able to know. I ain't able to ask <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so, you know, um, and, and Director Gary Halliard is... is but you pay them, man. Eh? He well, crunching numbers. He's, he's buried <laughs> between... You know, you know something? You know something? I, I got a problem with that. You know, I, I really like this Brian Roach administration. I got this... The Brian Roach built-in... Uh, excuse is capacity, <laughs> lack of capacity. I've been using that from day now. Now this thing here with Gary Allison, but crunching numbers. I want Gary here. Yeah. Well, I agree. Well, we are well. Yeah, Gary come machine. one time. I die. I die off foot. You see. I'll, hold on, hold on. I, Today's the last year, last year of January. Yeah. I there for 33 months, and Gary come. I bring I, Gary I, I, one time, I man. I bring Gary for you, don't worry. It's, it's I, wrong, I, I what I do, but it's my childhood friend. It's wrong. I'll make sure he comes with me <laughs> next time. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I keep yeah. hearing that. No, no, you know why? Yeah. Because what, what's happening is that the combination of he's buried in the Bureau of Labor Statistics land. And mm-hmm. he's buried in unemployment insurance land, and so, um, and so. But in the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there's there's certain uh, surveys that are run on a, on a regular basis, and you know those current employment statistics. We call it the 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 CES. He runs the the other one, the quarterly. 
So, and you, you could go on our website at www.vidol.gov or actually better better website is Vidal Views, V-I-D-O-L-V-I-E-W-S.org mm -hmm. okay. where you'll get to see a lot of the labor market information that, that is more germane to the Virgin Islands. So you'll get to see who the top... 10 uh, businesses are by quarter. You'll get, you'll get to see the employment statistics. You'll get to see by industry. You know, So he's been doing a, a, a lot of work in making sure that all those surveys is collecting the data locally. So when you talk about that jobs market or that jobs report that comes out, our unemployment statistics is rolled up into that. So that's why we can't give you information before that report comes out. So... Um, so our information on unemployment, there's a time lag in when we're going to report that. Okay. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a, we're getting together to make sure, um, and a, a lot of work is done with the Bureau of, of Economic Research as well, you know, because um, there's a correlation between what we're doing and what they're doing. And so um, there's a lot of good data on, on what's happening in the Virgin Islands. UVI and labor are to the table. We have a lot of discussions and we, we meet regularly through from the perspective of the disaster of, of uh, Office of Disaster Recovery with um, Director uh, Adrian uh, Ackerlin. Ackerlin yeah. Because what we've been doing is looking at all those disaster-related projects, having UVI, labor to the table, and we're looking at ways to make sure that the training aligns so that we can make sure that our our uh, our locals, our residents are prepared to occupy those jobs and as and trained. So there's a lot of relationship between them, our skills for the day program, UVI cell, and the type of, of career pathways that leads all the way to university. No, no, your your primary role um, for the people of the Virgin Islands is what. Well, you know, Title 24 talks about the uh, Department of Labor being social, regulatory, and as well as compliance. And mm -hmm. so uh, within that, of course, we, we're expected to have our workforce development. We're looking at the unemployment insurance. So you're looking at workforce development and security is just what Governor Bryan really and truly wants the Department of Labor to look like under his administration. So it's a combination of that. So primarily, we're there to make sure that we, we protect we improve that's a, that's a and we imply we employ people uh, mm -hmm. throughout the territory. Well, aren't you a repository for, for data as well? We're a repository for data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics where we take part in these surveys. Mm -hmm. And again, all that stuff, all that data helps to roll up to the U.S. BLS, um, the U.S. Department of Labor, and as well our local BER. Okay. Now, Davina, when are you conducting these lift programs and all these job employment programs what kind of review are you to go after deal with afterward uh, because you just didn't want to hire people and then send them back out the, the department has to look at the the, the 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 qualitative in addition to the quantitative well when we're um putting together these these job fairs and we're we're trying to get everybody trained when employers are interacting or, you know, when, when people come to network and interact and apply for jobs, you know, there's a process to go through. So they definitely have time to properly vet these these applicants and see if they're a good fit for, you know, their business culture. Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. And I'm talking about 
at the end of the window mm -hmm. for a lift, like a lift program, mm -hmm. like it might be a summer lift program. What kind of review process are you looking at to make sure that, well, you know what, maybe we could fine tune this aspect of the lift program or, or right. things of that nature? Well, let me who, have who, who, who does that? Well, Director Sebastian is is the director of, of youth and apprenticeship. Okay. And so and then Director Charlene Hodge is our director of workforce development services. Those teams come together with Davina and our special projects coordinator and the office of the commissioner and we look at the data and we, we get a lot of feedback from the students themselves mm -hmm. because you, you know, um, the lift program I, I continue to say it was the best kept secret in the Department of Labor. And we are making sure that the Vodden Islands community knows. Who started it? Uh, well, it started back. It's 34, 34 years in the making. Years. And it's yeah. a, a, the brainchild of, of former Senator and our colleague, Carl Bob, mm -hmm. okay, good. that okay, worked good. within the Department of Labor mm -hmm. under the um, Louis Janos, who was the uh, mm -hmm. Commissioner of the Department of Labor. Mm -hmm. And of course, my uncle, Lloyd McAlpin, I'll was, I'll I'll was the assistant yeah. commissioner there as well. Yeah. You know, so, um, but. Um, and Gloria Joseph for making sure the children are getting paid. See, saying, we were taking we were taking care of these lift students, these yeah, interns, yeah. and you know we also have to take into consideration the employers. When I went on the site visits, um, I believe it was last year. It, the employers had such the reviews were just like raving reviews about these interns mm. you know the quality of of, of um of work that they, they bring to mm. the business um manners. how well versed manners. they remember, are remember, remember we yes. raised up manners right exactly and, 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 and so i would implore upon them don't forget that you're representing the Department of Labor in addition to yourself when you're at, at, at the workplace. And we prepare them. We prepare them. I mean, they go out into these these businesses and they work and they're ready to be hired on the spot. Mm. And a lot of these employers want to keep these interns. No. I have heard them say, listen, can we, can we have them again next year? I want to give this, this, this intern a job on mm -hmm. the spot after this summer program or, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, you know that... Um, I always dedicate two minutes to take my shots at, at Dr. Dixon. <laughs> right. Go ahead, go ahead. you, time you. No, no, because, because he was an integral part oh, yeah. of the, the Labor Department, and then, you know, he's so big, big now. And I, I, I just tease him because after, because he heard, he heard what I said the last time and he reached out to me, so we're we having a running joke now. <laughs> well, you know something, people entitled to upward mobility, they see, you know, they, they, they see avenues and they go, well, we have to do, but he's so big, big, you know what I'm saying? And he got a lot of, he got a lot of props coming with labor here and he did an excellent job. Yeah, I know. Uh, while while he was there, you know. Yeah, you know, he, he did an excellent job and he's still a part of the process. Um, he is right now um, employed with SmartNet, yeah. and and one of the things that um, Michael Carty reached out to me yesterday, just he's also the, Michael Carty is the chairman of the Workforce Development Board, mm -hmm. and get this, they had an orientation yesterday because not only the lift program, but this was for our JAG students, Job for America graduates. So mm -hmm. they were interviewing five JAG students to be able to uh, to do their their on the job training experience at SmartNet in the, in the area of technology. Uh, so it was very, very good to see that we, again, he is what he helped us to create and what we've been working on in labor is extending on the other area and, and, the, and getting the, the connections with the employers. So, you know, it's, it's really important that when, we, when these programs are, are over, we start working on the next right away. Mm -hmm. So we have our debriefing meetings, we look at the data. We look at the experiences of, of the students because what 
What is challenging for us is making sure that we match those young people with the experience, with the with the training, and what their interest is in with the employers locally. That's always the challenge because you know what happens with, with these areas where you have somebody studying chemical engineering. You know, there's there's only but so many places you can put them, and Correct. so we're really thankful for those employers for stepping up and saying, "Listen," and recognizing that this is a very good source of a pipeline. Imagine you're trying to get, you're trying to look down the road as well. So it's working out both ways because they're they're saying while we are getting those young people the experiences, they're saying, "Listen, this is somebody I want to keep and hire." So mm-hmm. they keep in touch with them. And you're seeing a lot of our our lift interns. Well, I, I had a couple of doctors as uh, part of the, the, the um, definitely when I came in here, right? Yeah. A young lady from Mississippi, I believe it was. Definitely, so, yes, uh, yes. Uh, and and uh, let's, uh, let, let me ask uh, uh, this this question though. This question though. Um, <clears throat> how much money the lift does it is required for the lift program to fulfill its mandate? Well, we, we, we try to make sure that we have a minimum of 50 uh, interns territory-wide mm-hmm. in each session. Mm-hmm. And so and uh, we have ways... Like for the summer lift program? The, su- the well, summer well, lift program well, is well, eight weeks. Is summer lift program is eight weeks. And uh, we're, again, we're trying to make sure that at least 50 interns territory-wide is, is... So that's 400 weeks of employment, right? At 50 students... Right, eight weeks, and we we are paying them fourteen dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and so that that is the the cost that is associated with their wages and per diem. Mm-hmm. But in addition, to how much hours a day they work? They work no more than six hours okay. during the summer. Okay, so because because we have so twenty four hundred hours times fourteen dollars an hour, and we also have other training opportunities. So mm-hmm. they meet on Fridays. We have a key speaker based on, it might be project management, it might be um, equity and awareness, it might be some, so we have those key speakers that we expose them to, it's tied to their training and the opportunities. And again, that comes from their interests as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so you're looking at the cost of the experiences that we do because um, we, we incorporated taking the, the lift from St. Croix to St. Thomas last year. Yeah, I remember I, remember, um, I remember I mentioned that. We're going to take a break and we're going to continue to talk sure. talk talk about that. We got uh, Department of Labor here in studio, uh, Davina Martinez, uh, the Public Information Officer, and of course, Commissioner uh, Gary Malloy joining us. Darby and Tapi, right? Rona, Rona or Rana? Rona and Maggie, right? Well, you know it is. <laughs> you know it is. We take our baby back right after this. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. 
Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! Democracy Now! features ideas and voices from some of the best minds of this generation and previous ones, including activists, muckrakers, visionaries, artists, risk takers, academics, and just folks, as in the most just folks who share a commitment to truth, democracy, justice, diversity, equality, and peace. Catch Democracy Now! at his new time, weekdays at 10 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly, what a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico. And a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning. You know? And it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations. One in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com We're back here and analyze this and our final segment at the Department of Labor here in the house. We're talking about the lift program and we want to wrap up um, the different um, logistics that's involved. You said you took some some students to St. Thomas. Yes, we, we took the St. Croix lift students to St. Thomas mm-hmm. and um, we worked with the Department of Tourism. I got to thank uh, Commissioner Bashoti and his team because mm-hmm. we were able to set up an island tour. And within that island tour, you, you know, we got... Then some T-shirts that said the chosen, and if you if you looked at the state of the territory address, Governor Bryan has a a, a picture with with those in red, and mm-hmm. it says chosen. Um, you know that that idea came from the Lyft students. They they were talking about the how how very good the the program has been for them. But in one of the listening sessions that we had, they talked about not being able to interact with each other enough. So we created an opportunity for them to do that. And so I talked, coming out well, they, they would make up a song, We Are The Chosen, and they, they started singing, they, 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 they built rapport, and they were able to, to have a lot of conversation about their experiences, give us a lot of feedback, as well as you know talk to us about some of the things that we need to do moving forward okay what was the biggest needs though for the for your agency right now as as the agency head you this is the, the the beginning of a second term um i'm sure there are areas that you want to shore up um going forward because it's, it's a four-year deal with right. no guarantee exactly beyond that so i and you know you know right now the the major issue for us is to continue to build and and to make sure that the voice lines has confidence in the public workforce system. Mm-hmm. And so for that, the biggest challenge for us is going to be making sure that there's funding outside of the federal dollars to be able to help with um, the movement and the continued training and the development of our residents. And, you know, that's one of the major challenges. Um, some of the things that you're going to see um, from the Department of Labor that's coming up 
of course, on the unemployment in order to be prepared in the event of any storm. I'm knocking some wood here because, you know, we've been very, very lucky. But we've gone through and, and done an automated process. And so we are prepared. We have already completed all our audits uh, with the U.S. Department of Labor. So we, we're in place. We got rid of all the findings from the previous storms of Irma and Maria. We have removed all 54 findings that was over the Department of Labor's head that would require us to be under a compliance agreement mm -hmm. uh, and to have a third-party fiduciary. So those, those things are, uh, are a thing of the past for us. And so we're building on that. And to be able to build on that, now we're going to have to look at um, the, the, tar the payroll variation. We're going to have to... So we've been very popular and, and working on the workforce, but now comes on the side where compliance side now of the House for Department of Labor, we're going to have to start meeting and going out with the businesses and, and look at those businesses who are not in compliance as it pertains to their unemployment contributions, their workman's compensation. You know, so um, our teams, labor relation and our compliance teams, our unemployment tax unit is going to go out and start making knocking on doors, paying a visit to remind you, we come in peace, but we want to remind you that, you know, that these contributions have to be paid so that in the event that that there, that there is a situation where individuals have to take advantage of an unemployment, we don't put ourselves in a position where we have to borrow from the National Trust Fund. Um, so you're going to see uh, that happening. So you're going to see in, the, in a few weeks, we're going to be rolling out that payroll variation. That law was changed in October of 2019, where the, the tax structure of how we collect the unemployment insurance was changed. And we had to do that to be in compliance with the U.S. Department of Labor. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the Secretary of, of the U.S. Department of Labor was going to decertify every employer in this territory. Mm -hmm. So the tax law had to change to come in conformity. And we have to make sure that there is what we call an experience rating in there. So you, we're going to... the legislature address that? The legislature addressed that. And, mm -hmm. and thank you. It was uh, former Senator Stedman Hodge um, uh, had championed the, the bill. Mm -hmm. It's now law. And um, and so what we so did... That was a 33rd legislature. 33rd, 33rd, yes. Okay. And so we had to get permission from the U.S. Department of Labor to defer implementing it. And we got, a def got, us, we got a, an agreement that we don't have to implement it until January of 2024. So we're going to start by having um, town hall forums to educate our employer population on what's happening. So... That's, that's to come uh, on the unemployment and, and the tax realm there. Also on workers' compensation, you know, employers are going to see some changes in the fact that we are, we are 95 to 98% completed in terms of our automation. So we're going completely paperless uh, from end to end from the beginning of the claims portion where the Department of Labor is responsible for the claims. The government insurance fund and the Department of Finance right now is, the, is responsible for the fund. So we have collaborated and been working together on getting one system that deals with the claims and, and payment. So we're 95 to 98% complete. So you're looking, the employers are going to be asked to, to, to start submitting their documents electronically instead of in the paper format. Um, so um, again... So you're going to see a lot more of the compliance side of the Department of Labor coming out in the future so that um, we can get the 
the uh, a lot of the the securities part of our role and responsibilities more in tune. Yes, that, that's good. Uh, D- D- Davina, let, let me ask this question um, about getting information uh, out to the public. Um, what has been your biggest challenge uh, in that regard? I know that you know you you mastered the art of emailing. <laughs> Yes, I'm very good at emailing everybody. <laughs> persistent, oh, very, very persistent. Well, I just but, have. But for those who aren't with the email business and all that stuff, what else? What else are you doing to get the information out there? Oh, we're here today. Yes, <laughs> but I um, that. We, we've definitely been trying to um, increase our social media presence, uh, radio presence, um, newspapers. I'm, I'm working on you know getting information in the newspapers more often, daily news, um, the VIA Consortium, and Avis. <laughs> so we're definitely touching every every um every platform so that we can get the information out you know um you can always call the department of labor visit our website um you can apply for just about everything when it comes to the department of labor online so getting the information out it, it the I think the challenge is that it's so much information, but we're getting it out there you know and it, it it's, it's fun <laughs> no, that's good let, let me let me cycle back to some politics here. Uh, Commissioner Lloyd. <laughs> 2018, <clears throat> we approved the, the lime tree deal mm-hmm. and uh, the current administration had some issues uh, with it. Of course, the Lieutenant Governor, he voted against it and all that good stuff. But then the reality is uh, you became Commissioner in early 2019. It was the the rebuild of the refinery oh, yes. that generated a significant amount of private sector tax dollars for the government of the Virgin Islands. So the lesson there, this is just you know some soapbox things. Be careful about knocking things because you never know when you can become semi, <laughs> if not fully, dependent on the dollars and all that stuff. Right, right. So for the most of nineteen and twenty. The work that was being done there. How much billion? That's like two or three billion, maybe a little bit more in terms of just just for the rebuild, right? And then right. The, that that's that's raw dollars million. and then taxation and all that stuff, right? right? Of course, the refinery had a what major setback. Three three months, maybe two two to three months they were operational, and then they went, they've been idle and all that stuff. Yes, and you've seen um, working in labor. Um, because of the unemployment claims, yes, right. right. Uh, what was how, how do you go about balancing um, the the financial realities of uh, a plant that we expected to generate X amount of revenue and and economic activity from small businesses who would be providing support for the refinery? Well, I mean, it, it's a, a difficult balance, but uh, luckily, as you talk about politics, the laws are in place mm-hmm. for that to make sure that the structure is there to, to be able to help guide us. And so um, the refinery did provide a substantial boost to especially to the economy of St. Croix and, mm-hmm. and of, of course, the overall Virginia's economy. Um, uh, the, the, but those unemployment um, claims, uh, I, can, I can tell you uh, that um, we had uh, the majority of our interstate claims came from the refinery where we had individuals working from more than one state because what they did was a, a very good thing. Several Virgin Islanders were recruited to come back. And, and so, you know, you, you saw the, the, the best of, 
of, of what we wanted to happen when it was going well. Uh, when it wasn't going well and, and when we started having um, the challenges that we're having there, it, it impacted all businesses. It impacted the, the, the disposable income of, of those uh, individuals jet skiing, the rental cars, the, the, the excursions. Liquid. And, yeah, so. Liquid, liquid, the, the, the liquid cash. But, but let me ask this question since it went there. What's going on in there now? Because it, it, it still got people walking inside the refinery. Yeah, there, there, there are people that's, working. That's a maintenance, that's a maintenance re, um, situation going on in there now. Well, well remember that, that, uh, that initially in, in 2018, you had a refinery and you had a terminal. The terminal, yeah. yeah. So there were two separate yeah. operating agreements. The terminal's still going on. So the terminal, Line Street Terminal, yeah. is still going on. Yeah. And Port Hamilton yeah. Refining is where the challenge is. Okay. So the terminal, so, you know, but, you know, at, at, at so one they're, point... So, so they're still storing commodity down there. Yes, the terminal is still in full effect. With, with, with full effect. Okay, they're just saying refining next door right. with, with, with the, big, the, big, the big apparatus. And of course, the refinery was a client of the terminal. Yes, so, yes. so you're looking at, at some substantial loss in re, in the terminal's revenues, no, but they're, they're still operating. No, no the, the current administration is... Averse. I'll just use that word, right? To fossil fuel. I mean, the president has said that he wants to get into the alternative forms of energy and all that stuff. Yes. However, we got to be realistic. The, 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 the mainland got needs, and this refinery in its heyday was a defense department contractor. I mean, come on now. I mean, I mean, this is where the balancing that I was just asking about, you know, is required because, I mean, they not only... We find they provide a service for the government of the United States. Yes, yes. So how? So so so. What about making that argument? Of course, for those of there, there are there's a there's a percentage that said, look, refining is a part of our past. We could do creative things and all that stuff, and I respect that. It could mm -hmm. be true. It could be hundred percent true. Right. And I'm not, you know, not any perfectionist with respect to the refinery or or, or what it could provide, but I'm also big on our intellectual capacity and our ability to put in place uh, the right kind of technology to protect us regardless of where we go about, where, where we go with anything, not just refining. And again, you know, Governor Bryan is is really focused on defalsifying the economy. That's, mm -hmm. the, that's the, the whole thing. We, we really got to make sure that the, that our economy it doesn't doesn't continue to be the one-legged stool yeah. uh, and, and tourism. And yeah. so, so you're looking at, at the different entities, the different uh uh, industries that are coming in because look at what's happening on on the port side of things. Uh, the marine um, industry is going to explode in this territory, and mm -hmm. so we got to be prepared for that. And so when those ships come in, uh, when they come in to to with the terminal to bring in uh, uh, um, fuel, you're going to have to. They're going to need repair. They got so it's it's tied to the to the uh, a, a bigger bigger plan and mm -hmm. so um it's important that we get it up and running and up and running safely mm -hmm. with, because again the uh, ultimately it, it has to be safely what, what is that? and i don't want to necessarily sound sentimental here but the reality is the refinery and and the aluminum plant is what literally created the middle class here on st croix I, I mean let, we could ignore the facts all we want we're not saying that we should be held hostage to them because of that. But I don't want us to act like as if there wasn't value there. And it helped create the melting pot that we that we are here yeah, in yeah, the Virgin Islands as well. From a demographic standpoint. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, yeah. so, you know, it's very important. Davina, any final comments? Uh, 
Yeah. So you've been taking notes then. <laughs> Well, I just, I just want to um, let the public know that for other job seekers, um, we do have other career fairs that are going to be coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a really big career fair coming up in May, and it's very similar to the, the walk done. What? Fet done time, time for, for walk? Time fee walk. <laughs> time fee walk career fair. And um, that's going to be coming up in May, and it's, it's right after the St. Thomas Carnival, and we're really encouraging people to, you know, come back to the territory and bring your talent back. We do lose a lot of our talent, but for... For us, what we're looking at is the fact that we have such a um, an interesting culture that you can come here, you can work, you can you can participate in our our, our festivals, and you know after work you can go to the beach and have a little cocktail mm-hmm. and wind down. You know, blue waters, clear skies, and <laughs> and don't forget you go walk from anywhere because of the the Wi-Fi right that's throughout the territory. Mm-hmm. So you know that's something we really gotta make sure that we sell because individuals. Um, we're doing a lot of recruitment of Virgin Islanders abroad through the RT Park mm-hmm. and through a lot of the, the information that Davina is, is helping to put out. We're getting, believe it or not, a lot of interest is being generated by Virgin Islanders abroad. That's, and so that, those that, selling points that, that Davina awesome. talked about are very important to remind you that this is home and there's certain things that, that we offer that no, you no, can't get no place else in the world. Commissioner Malloy, PIO, Martinez, thank you very much for joining us. I'll see you on the 28th of February, the last Tuesday of the month. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> thanks, for joining, thanks, and, thanks for joining today, man. And we bring it. in um, Gary Halliard with yes. us. Yes. We'll <laughs> talk about our connections with education and what we're doing with the workforce system I like pipeline. That. I like that, and, man. Um, so we're working very closely because, again, we're, at the end of the day, we're trying to make sure that the Virgin Islands is better. And I'm going to say this again. Labor, protect, improve, employ, we're trying to make sure that everybody in the territory gets a piece of the, piece of the pie. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the show, everybody. So talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, may be a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1. You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app, available for download from the App Store in Google Play.